How does deep sea mining impact marine noise pollution? And Shell has a TikTok? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckensphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Wednesday, July 13th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some extreme weather events. Eastern and southern China received heat alerts yesterday with some places exceeding 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius. It's expected to persist for the next two weeks. In another part of Asia, the second glacier in two weeks has collapsed, this time in Kyrgyzstan. No fatalities unlike the glacier collapse in Italy prior, but some people got really close. The Tian Shan Mountains hit an unusually hot 59 degrees Fahrenheit or 15 degrees Celsius. That's a similar temperature to where the Italian glacier was when it collapsed on July 3rd. Remember how I said a few days ago that Portugal was at risk of wildfires? Well, it's now dealing with 125 of them while the heat hit 109.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 43 degrees Celsius yesterday. More than 3,000 firefighters are tackling the blazes. 96% of the country is in severe or extreme drought. Meanwhile, the southwest and central U.S. is in another heat wave. Waco, Texas reached a new record of 108 degrees Fahrenheit or 42.2 degrees Celsius on Saturday. The state's power is getting strained again. Businesses have been told to cut down their power use, which has resulted in most industrial Bitcoin miners being shut down. Texas has one of the largest Bitcoin mining operations in the world. Waco's remaining in triple digits for the foreseeable future. Now let's look at some climate studies. A second new study, this one published in the Geophysical Research Letters, has determined that the Arctic is warming four times faster than the global average. It used to warm two to three times faster than the global average. What's interesting is this transition has not been smooth. It can jump sharply. It jumped sharply in 1986 and 1999. The first one has been attributed to climate change. The second one has been attributed to natural fluctuations. This study is actually more conservative than a previous one published last month, which found that the Arctic in the Barents Sea is warming seven times faster than the global average. Switching gears, a new study published in the journal Science found that noise from one deep-sea mine can travel more than 30 miles, or 50 kilometers, in gentle weather conditions. Noise travels faster in water than air because molecules are closer together. This study was a collaboration between the Ocean Initiative in the U.S., the National Institute of Advanced Industrial Science and Technology in Japan, Curtin University in Australia, and the University of Hawaii. Seventeen contractors have been given exploration licenses from Hawaii to Mexico. If all of them were given the go-ahead, it would create enough noise to travel space as large as the European Union. Nowhere is free of noise impact, so there's no safe place to mine, really. Marine mammal species are especially sensitive to sound because they communicate using echolocation. It might also impact deep sea organisms, but we frankly don't even know enough about those critters. So mining for critical minerals in the deep sea could hurt the biosphere more than we could ever know. And this study could actually be underestimating the noise impact because they looked at the sound made by shallower drilling models. Drilling in the deep sea would be a completely uncontrolled experiment. Okay, time for some climate victories. The Regenerative Food Production Campaign Group Global Feedback is taking legal action against England's food strategy released last month. The group says the strategy doesn't support the transition away from animal-based proteins. 
Eating less meat is possibly one of the most important steps an individual can take to reduce their carbon footprint. Experts criticized this plan when it first came out. Global Feedback is seeking judicial review, calling for the government to reduce meat and dairy consumption by 30% by 2032. They pointed to the Climate Change Committee's recent review of the UK's climate policies, which determined that agriculture emissions were one of the least addressed sectors. If you want to learn more about this report, I covered it on the June 30th episode. And I'll let you know if anything comes from this judicial review. In the U.S., climate protesters blocked the entrance of the East Hamptons Airport in New York for a whole weekend. The East Hamptons is a playground for the ultra-rich, so this was a commentary on how many emissions the top 1% produces. The wealthiest 10% are responsible for half of global emissions, and the top 1% are responsible for 15% of global emissions. In contrast, the poorest half of humanity is only responsible for 7% of global emissions. Six to 10 protesters were arrested during the three days of protests. And we move on to a climate fail. Shell is looking to hire a TikTok manager in an effort to appeal to younger and greener audiences. They want to collaborate with influencers and videographers. Quote, you will start a new chapter that will help energy-engaged audience and Gen Z worldwide understand in an engaging way the opportunities of energy transition and the Shell role and ambition in it, the job posting says. This won't be the first time the London-based oil company has tried this method of greenwashing themselves. They've tried to keep an influencer-led campaign going with the hashtag MakeTheFuture. Follow this reports that about 90% of Shell's investments go into fossil fuels. Yes, sounds very clean. Carbon capture can totally make up for that difference. Let's finish with one more climate victory. A North Carolina judge rules in favor of a resident of the Raleigh Homeowners Association to allow him to keep his rooftop solar panels despite what the association thinks. The court basically clarified a 2007 solar access law when it came to homeowner associations or HOAs. They aren't exactly banned from preventing homeowners from being able to install panels in all cases, but now the HOA have to specify their policies when it comes to street-facing solar panels. 40% of North Carolina homeowners live in a place with an HOA. So this is a pretty big deal. And that was your climate news for Wednesday, July 3rd. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.